How do we make decisions as ministry leaders in this current crisis? There are three possibilities we're facing. One, this is an isolated blizzard. Number two, this is an extended winter season. Or three, this is a little ice age. We're going to talk today about what we can do to make good decisions during this crisis. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer, and this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. During this crisis, there's an opportunity for you to develop as a youth worker. Join national leader Jeff Eckert, founder of Never the Same, to learn four strategic growth patterns that will benefit your life and ministry. Join him live for four sessions that are designed to help you develop a strong team around you, show you how you can sustain a healthy spiritual life within you, teach you to become a better communicator both publicly and personally, and show you how you can organize around your values and outcomes. Four 90-minute sessions in four days, April 27th through 30th. Learn more at neverthesame.org slash development. Hey, you heard about this thing, Development by Design. Jason, I've been doing this for several years, many years, training hundreds of youth workers around the world in four areas. And what we decided to do during this time where we're all kind of on pause, why not use this as, as an opportunity to learn so I want to teach four things, uh, how to help youth workers develop strong leadership teams around them, uh, how they can stay spiritually healthy and vibrant for the long term. We know a lot of things take us out. We see a lot of leaders get jaded, get negative, get critical. I'm going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about how we communicate, how to build a message and how to communicate in that way on a platform as well as personally through social media and writing an email. And then also we're going to talk about how to organize around our values and how to how to plan long term. So I'm hoping during this time we can offer something to youth workers that's very affordable. And the really cool thing is our ministry is really endeared to an urban youth ministry that we're very connected to. And we're going to take all the proceeds and give it to this urban ministry called Bridge Street Ministries that helps urban students in crisis. We're excited about it. I hope you can learn more and maybe consider joining us April 27th through the 30th. Again, you can find more information at neverthesame.org slash development. All right, Jason, again, we're recording this special edition of the Thought Factory. We're not physically together, but I can see you, which is a comfort. Good to see you, my friend. Likewise, good to see you always. Obviously, again, different circumstances, but same type of setup where we are able to still record a podcast, but from separate locations in the same city. Wow, this is a time that's just rocking all of our worlds. We've never seen anything like this before. What we want to talk about today, we just want to get right into it, is how do we make decisions? We're being forced to make a lot of decisions right now as ministry leaders. And we want to talk about some a guideline, a thought process 
about how we do that. Now, we referenced this idea of three possibilities in the intro here, the possibility that we are looking at a blizzard situation, a winter, or some something more extended, a, a little ice age. And this idea, we're going to put it in the show notes, comes from the, uh, the blog of the Praxis Journal. We're going to put that link in the description, but that would be a good reference point if you want to learn more. It's a really long and thorough article. And Jason, in that article, they talk about these three scenarios. And let's just flesh that out a little bit more, what they're, what they're saying in this article. In any crisis, there is going to be this sense of winter, the, the cold, the, the isolation. And we are experiencing one of three of these concepts. And the authors of this, this article was talking about, you can look at it as a blizzard, which is just a few days where you prepare for a blizzard is coming. You hunker down, you may get some groceries, you do what you need to do to survive a few days. And that's it. Like you don't have to worry about long-term decision-making. You are just making decisions based on the next few days because the blizzard is going to affect you, but it's not going to ruin you. A winter is obviously a season. So you go through months of this and we're kind of experiencing this now where we are affected longer term. We've been in this crisis for uh, a couple months, basically, and we are seeing how it's affecting our businesses, our ministries, our decision-making, our homes, our schools, our livelihood, all these things, because we are in a season of, of winter. Now, the last concept is this little ice age where an ice age is it's not going away anytime soon. And it's going to change the, the landscape around you for quite a while. And things are frozen and things are not going back to normal as they were. Things are shut down and we just don't even know when it's going to end. Now, in this time, you know, Jason, when you describe that, a lot of us are thinking, well, we wish we knew the forecast. You know, we wish we knew where this was going. None of us do. That's the, the part of this that makes this really difficult for us as leaders, because if we know it's a blizzard, we know we can hunker down for a couple of days or maybe up to a week. If we know it's a season like winter, we know that we can, we see that coming. We know that's going to happen. It's cyclical. You know, it's part of the rhythm. But an ice age is something that can take us all by surprise. And what do we do when we don't know? That's what we want to talk about today, because we do not know. As an organization, you know, we're, we're making some decisions as well. And we're trying to figure out what to do. and. We're just going to share with you some of the guidelines that we use and that we're thinking about in terms of how do we make decisions right now. And the one thing that we use as a framework and a reference in making decisions is that right now we're, we're thinking of the worst and hoping for the best. So we're taking this dualistic, almost like a bipolar approach to this and saying we're going to think of it in two completely different places and spaces mentally we're going to we're going to think about the worst but we're going to hope for the best so we're thinking about what's the worst thing that can happen it's when we create our budget every year we become the most pessimistic people 
you know, we see the dark clouds ahead. That's, that's how you should make a budget. That's what kind of mood you need to be in when you make a budget. You become a pessimist. You don't bet on the good times. You think, what's the worst thing that can happen? But you still end that. It's not like you go into this depression, but, but you want to plan for the worst and think about the worst, but also be hoping for the best as well. Yeah, when the economy is booming and things are running smoothly, you can easily uh, get caught up in that and think, oh, I'm going to project this good time into the next year. And if you think the same results are going to happen as it is now, when 12 months come around, you start to make decisions that are, are not maybe sound decisions. I'm reminded of a quote by Warren Buffett, only when the tide goes out, do you discover who's been swimming naked? We're in a low tide right now. The economy has shut down and you start to see who is exposed to not being able to have a financial foundation. And and if you are making decisions based on the best, and then all of a sudden it all is eliminated, you are exposed and you are not able to make even rational decisions because now you're just trying to survive. You're trying to cover yourself up. You're trying to just do what you can to, to uh, be swimming again. Yeah, that's a, that's a great quote. And you, you got to be thinking ahead and you've got to be considering what could happen. That's worst case scenario. First Timothy Chapter 6, Paul says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So we know, the Bible talks about that, that wealth is an uncertain thing. It can come and go. It is like the tide. So how do we be prepared on another level? Another thing that we are considering right now, we want you to think about in decision-making is minimizing your outlook. We're hearing of things that are being planned way out in advance now. Uh, In fact, Jason, we did not talk about this offline, but one of our staff sent me yesterday where Mark Zuckerberg, just yesterday as we're recording this, said that they're not going to do any physical gatherings over 50 until June 21 until June, 2021. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that guy's leading a massive organization. Most of their employees don't have, they can work by extension. We, I've heard of churches that are, you know, cancel all their summer plans and some that are saying we may not meet, you know, for an extended amount of time. They're already talking about that, projecting that, um, and even saying that publicly, we, we know of some really large churches and ministries that have already said, we've canceled all of our summer activities up through August. And I will tell you that that is not the way we are approaching decision making. Everyone has to do their thing. But what we are doing is saying, let's, let's shorten our window of time where we have to make decisions. And one of the things that that I'm saying right now is if it doesn't cost you to wait to make a decision, then just wait if there's no cost to it. Because once that decision is made, a lot of times it's impossible or very, very difficult to go back. You know, it's one of those things, there's that old uh, 
carpentry saying, you measure twice and you cut once. Once you make that decision, you know, it's really difficult to go back. And I'm one that I believe that just for clarity and leadership, when you decide something and announce it, going back hurts your credibility. And I'm not saying you should never do it, but I think in the rarest of circumstances, should you go back, you know, and, and re, um, announce a decision that's been made. So think about just shortening your time. And if you can just wait it out. My thought on this is sometimes we try to cross a bridge. We're not even at yet. We're, we're at a, one bridge, but we're, we're trying to make decisions based on another bridge that we aren't even at having to cross yet. So when you say shorten the, the, the time frame, the outlook of, of your timeline of decision-making yeah, because sometimes we will cross this bridge and make this decision. And then we, when we get to the next bridge, we'll make that decision. And yeah, you know, when you're in the middle of a fog, like we are, it's really hard to be making decisions that are so far out. You don't even know what is going to be happening in July. What's the mood of the, you know, your community and the world going to be in June or July or whatever. Jason, you mentioned hearing schools that are already saying publicly, you know, we may not meet um, physically, but keep doing extension, you know, going into this fall, which again, to me, right now to be i think you need we need to just be careful what we're saying to our people because if you say that and you think out loud that that gets implanted and it sticks with people so if you're talking with your students you go well i don't know if we're going to meet until you know september whatever as true as that might be and if that's what you're thinking it's it, there's wisdom in not saying everything because you don't know what's going to happen and it's not wrong to have a plan B or C where your plan B is we might not come back together until the year 2021, whether that's in next January or the fall of 2021, which seems so far out, but it's okay to maybe have those thoughts and go, all right, if this isn't going to pan out the way we are hoping, what is the next bridge that we will need to cross, but to publicly announce it, to make that decision based on that and say, we are shutting everything down through this time period, or we're going to do this for this long. It just doesn't quite make sense until you have to. And when I think about some churches and ministries that have said, we're not going to meet until September, I'm thinking, number one, what you've done is you've removed, in one sense, you've removed your presence from their minds. You've You've maybe taken away even a glimmer of hope if that's really important to them. Um, you know, you've you've basically said, "Hey, for the next few months, we're not going to meet." And again, you want to stay in people's radius. You want to you want to stay in their neighborhood, so to speak. And and so we're just encouraging you. And if you're listening to this and you're a a youth worker at a church, you may even want to share this information with your senior leadership and say, "Look." Let's just stop and wait and pause because, um, you know, I've always said you don't want to make big decisions in times of panic. In fact, you don't want to make any decisions unless you have to. Now, you have to make survival decisions. But any bigger, larger, especially philosophical and leadership type decisions, 
Um, don't make those in a time of crisis and panic as much as you have to stay away from that. And just, you know, I talked to someone recently that said, yeah, we're in the middle of making some decisions right now about some church plants. And so because of this crisis, we're readjusting everything. And I thought, Ooh, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing that. I would wait as long as you can let this time pass because this is not a normal time. And so you're going to make decisions in an abnormal time. And then who knows how those would translate back into times of normalcy. Or you think this is just a blizzard and you make the decision based on that. It may be just a winter, but you're making decisions based on an ice age. And so it, it is tough to make decisions, especially long-term when we don't know the forecast. Um, that's why we are discussing kind of shortening that window and, and making decisions in smaller segments of time. As the snow is falling, you go, this is going to be longer than I anticipated. Okay, based on that, what do I need to do for the next few weeks or next month to survive this, this season? And then in a month, you start to make that decision again. We, we were talking, Jason, with our, our staff and team about Mark chapter 4, when Jesus tells his disciples, hey, let's get in the boat. He's been done teaching, and uh, let's go over to the other side. So they left the crowd behind. This is the end of Mark 4, there in verse 35. But he talks about, tells his disciples, let's just, just go over to the other side. He falls asleep. This big squall, this huge storm brews up, and it's it's so... Uh, in so many ways, so parallel and so poignant for us right now in these moments that we're in, because we're in the middle of this storm. And, you know, there's a few things that we talked about that we've been thinking about, you know, these, um, this was Jesus' idea for number one. And, you know, one of the things that, that we haven't been talking about, and we're not going to answer the question for sure, but, you know, what is God's role in this whole thing? I know I've heard some people very quickly be very quick to say, well, God didn't cause this virus. And, you know, um, that's a really nice thing to say. I'm not saying he did or he didn't, but I'm just not so quick to say either way, because you can definitely find in Scripture where God uses things, sometimes very dramatic and even deadly things to get our attention. That's not popular to say. That's not sometimes even easy to comprehend or understand. Um, but. What we know here in this story is that Jesus said, let's get in the boat. And it was his idea. The one thing we know is that they were with Jesus. And that's, you know, that's the thing that got him through. When we were just discussing this passage of the fact that they are fishermen, they are trained to be on the water. They have experienced the, the waves plenty of times, and yet they were freaking out about this storm and in my mind it's like they're fishermen they know when to read the skies and the forecast and the water and they may only know how to go back to shore in the time of storms like they aren't used to being thrown around in the waves they go hey it's going to be a storm i'm going back i'm going to i'm going to go back where it's safe and jesus is bringing them through the storm and so they're kind of freaking out and going, why are you even asleep? Kind of this 
Like, what is going on? Don't you even care if we even drown? And and they're looking at the storm going, we know to navigate away from this. And Jesus is bringing them right through it. That question too, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care if we're going to drown? I mean, again, you know, Jason, your reference there, these guys, many of them, they'd been out on water. So they, they'd seen a lot and they're scared. And listen, as we're listening to this, um, some of us are going through a lot of fear and we don't know what's going to happen. And we're asking for God's help. And I think some of us, even in times of desperation, we may be saying the same thing to God. Don't you care? My world is falling apart. I'm in the middle of the storm and we're about to get swept away here. And uh, in, a, in a kind of a classic book, called Walking with God by James Stewart. Someone sent this to me recently. I want to read this. He talks about, you know, should our faith guarantee that we always have good times? And he says this, the fact is a world where religion is exempted from trouble would not be a better world. It would definitely be worse. Christ came into the world not to keep us safe. He came to keep us loyal. That's what is our anchor right now is Christ. And whatever you might be going through, I hope that above all else, and when you're thinking about making decisions during this time of crisis, you can remember what Jesus said in that moment where they woke him up and he stood up and he said, peace, be still. And the storm died down. At some point, Jesus will speak that peace. But until then, just remember that he is always with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is strapped in that boat with you right now, and he's not going anywhere. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.